Hi, it's Brett Cowell, and this is the Total Life Complete Podcast, Season 1 Rap Edition, coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Back in October, I signed off from Episode 21 and promised that I'd be back with a wrap-up covering what we'd heard and experienced so far. Wrapping up became a journey in itself, and three months later, here we are. Part of the reason it took so long is that there were so many insights that it was hard to summarize without the results sounding generic. Also, context is as important as content uh, to understand what the guests said in their own words and the relevance to you and what you take away. As Thomas Riccio said in episode one, in life, you see what you need to see when you need to see it. The best way to get the insights is to listen to the episodes individually and to take notes. So that being said, I've decided to take the approach of highlighting what I thought were the most uncommon or easily missed aspects and the bigger picture of what happened outside the podcast. The result is an experiential summary, perhaps a bit different from what you might have expected. I want you to think of the metaphor of a meal or perhaps even a banquet. Each course is unique, but it's arranged in a way that has a logical flow to it and a cumulative effect. I'm going to present this like you're at the chef's table. I'll announce each course and tell you a little bit of a story. Then after a short while to digest, we'll move on to the next course. As you'll hear, the podcast became a case of life imitating art. As I began to look into what we covered in increasing levels of detail, I began to reflect on what was happening in my own life and work. I met and collaborated with several of the guests after our interview. And so for me, and the guests at least, what the podcast meant and our experience extended way beyond the audio we recorded together. Here are the nine courses on the menu for today. Course one, identity. Then it's energy, common wisdom, virtues and traits, flow and creative practices, quotes, different truths, beautiful consciousness, and then conclusion. Okay, so let's get going. Here's course one, identity. How do you introduce yourself at a party when people ask who you are? That was the question that started each episode, one that turned out to go to the very heart of how we see ourselves and how we want others to see us. There were some great answers, uh, perhaps my favourite being Tom Riccio's in episode one. I'm just a guy. I still have trouble answering the question, which comes up several times every day. I usually answer that I help people and companies make the world a better place in a creative way. And that usually elicits uh, further questions and has led to some beautiful conversations and a couple of friendships even. I guess how you introduce yourself can either open you up or close down your connection with people. I think there's value in seeing your intro as a window into your heart and soul. If you open that window, you'll be surprised at what comes in. Course two, energy. Now to prepare this wrap, I listened back to the almost one full day, it's around 23 hours of audio from season one, and took detailed notes. What jumped out first wasn't what the guests were saying, but how they said it. They were upbeat, engaged, articulate, honest, humble, and often playful, and the energy was infectious. It made interviewing them easy, and I was keen to find out what made them this way. It was clear that I was having a good time as well, letting myself be in the moment, and hopefully that came across in the audio too. I want to highlight something that you might have only noticed subconsciously. It's the energy and power of role models to influence us in a positive way. Everyone can be a role model, and being one doesn't mean that you're perfect. It's more important to be real, particularly in the times we live in now. It made me feel good to know that there were people with the right attitude roaming the city that I live in. And it really made me realise that actions speak louder than words. 
I've made a conscious effort to stay aware that what I do and what I say affects others, not only the people I meet, but the people who meet the people I've met, and people who interact with the stuff I create. The society we live in is to a large extent the product, therefore, of the interaction of the energies we give off through what we say and who we are. Course 3, Common Wisdom. Okay, so perhaps reassuringly, in addition to covering some unexpected ground, we also reinforce some of what I'll call common wisdom. While I say it's common, it might be something we've heard or intuitively know, but don't always remember or regularly put into practice in our own lives. I've combined this wisdom into five maxims, the type that might be spoken by some sort of Frankenstein oracle channeling the guest's wisdom. It's also a good name for a band. Um, here we go. Life has many chapters and iterations. The path looks different for everyone. Be flexible and keep learning. Do what you care about, gives life purpose and attracts serendipity. Be adventuresome. Everything worthwhile involves some risk and you're building a stepping stone to your future, even if you can't predict what that future will look like exactly right now. Lose the ego. Treat others with love and kindness and involve others in your priorities. Work hard, but make sure you take care of yourself. Um, you could see it as a cliche, but life really is a journey. And I guess if it doesn't seem like a journey, then we're probably suffering from inertia. And it's time to take control and set a new direction based on something that you really care about. Course four, virtues and traits. So virtues aren't something we probably think about every day. Uh, we might even think that the whole idea is old-fashioned or even obsolete. But we definitely notice when virtues are not there, especially in others. For example, humility is something that was demonstrated by the guests. Once I recognised that, I began to see humility, or the lack of it, all around me, all the time. With further reading, I saw that St. Augustine and Confucius both identified humility as the foundation of all other virtues. And Aristotle, in his ethics, saw complete virtue as the foundation of happiness and being associated with a complete experience of life. Now, going in, I, I kind of had a rock and roll idea of the podcast. Uh, somehow we could just live and be alive and not have to read personal development books or work on ourselves in any way. But So how do virtues fit into that? It turns out that virtues are not about somehow being goody-goody all the time. Humility can and often is earned from a series of painful failures and learned by realising your own limitations and recognising the contribution of others. Authenticity, gratitude and work ethic also came up again and again. A twist on work ethic is the idea of craft building. Not only working hard, but trying to be the best or the most unique you can be, pushing the boundaries of the medium or field, showing others what's possible. I like the idea that we're crafting our own lives with love and care and increasing skill. Not just trying to live someone else's dream, or trying to buy our own life off the shelf when we should be tailor-making it ourselves. A virtue that didn't come up a lot, but I was glad that it did, was the ability to forgive or forgiveness. Carl Crayer mentioned it in episode 5, and it came up again uh, with Rollins Gilliland in episode 13 and 14. Now, forgiveness isn't about the other person at all, I think, yeah, although that's a common misconception. But it's about allowing you to move on. Uh, we're all carrying baggage from parents, uh, relationships, uh, perhaps old bosses, critics, or whatever. Uh, this baggage can sometimes seem like it's driving us. But such negative motivators inevitably become drag and bring us to focus on external factors to make us happy. I'll show them, we say, rather than I'll show myself what I can do. 
being driven by what's really in our hearts. Without forgiveness, we become less humble since we're self-protecting. And it has a cascading effect since uh, humility is such a key ingredient to living with self-love. Course five, flow and creative practices. I probably should have anticipated this given the focus of the podcast on art, business and community. But one of the overall realizations I came to was that life and work are fundamentally creative and spiritual endeavors. There are a lot of areas that we could focus on to live a better life. Uh, your health, uh, relationships, and how to get and do a good job are all important in a good life. But to really get the most out of life, and even the areas I just talked about, I find I'm increasingly digging into what I call creative and spiritual practices. Perhaps it's exactly because a lot of us view creativity and spirituality as only mystical, you know, not processes, that we fail to fully engage and really understand what they're about and how they apply to all of us in really practical ways. The guest showed how creativity was less of a flash of inspiration, but rather a process or even a way of life. So I want to share a few examples now, and you'll hear in the next episode how I plan to build in a more explicit thread of creativity and spirituality into season two of the podcast and in total life complete as a business. Jennifer Wester in episode 19, former professional ice skater turned artist, writes down her dreams and ideas, the best of which slowly evolve into projects. Then the projects take shape when their time is right. The process of writing down is an often overlooked act of manifestation. It's amazing to me, for example, how many corporate people say they want to be entrepreneurs, but have never written that down and have never tried to sell anything, even their own idea to someone else. Small actions beget bigger results. Justin Nygren in episode six introduced me to the idea of accelerated serendipity or more frequent happy accidents um, in the context of co-working spaces. I like the idea that we can take something that most of us see as mystical and mythical serendipity and get the results of it more consistently and sooner. In co-working spaces, this happens through the community manager who knows and connects people. Also the curation of presentation topics and events, bringing new people into the space and fostering the right culture. All of these maximize quality connections of people, subject and skill. I think the best way to apply this idea outside of a co-working space is to know what's really important or fascinating to you. The boats you wish to find favorable currents for, if you will, and have the confidence to integrate these into the many chance encounters we all have. You'll be surprised that even talking to someone you've known for ages about a new topic from a new perspective can lead to surprising results. Of course, the other side to this is listening actively to what others are saying and looking for natural opportunities to help them out. Sean Scott, uh, in episode 11, equips kids with technology skills and says that while resources and skills were important, actually just giving the kids permission to share an idea for an app, for example, and telling them you can do it was key to unlocking their confidence to create rather than just being passive consumers of others' ideas. Why not ask yourself what ideas you have? Why not give yourself permission to start? Dustin Blocker in episode seven spent many years as a musician, also running a small indie label and working other jobs. After getting serious in his words about finding a creative direction that would also support his family, he happened across an idea that became a brand new vinyl pressing plant in Dallas. This sentiment has been expressed before in books like uh, Steve Pressfield's Turning Pro and others. But if you want to get a creative outcome in our life, we must first change our minds about creativity itself. Course six, quotes. Sometimes a single line from an interview jumped out as packing a significant and poetic punch. It stuck around in my mind. Here are some of the lines that the guest said or quoted, and I think they speak for themselves. When I die, I want the sky to miss me. Thomas Riccio. Keep aiming to get better, treat people with love and kindness, and never be arrogant. Randy Mayer. 
Your only job security is your ability to learn. Dr. Carl Crayer. If no door that you knock on opens, well, then you build the door. Justin Nygren. A high tide rises all boats. Dustin Blocker. If we didn't win today, let's win tomorrow. Brett Thompson. I don't almost go places. I tend to. Rawlins Gilliland. You can really enjoy life with very few things and have a very intense way of living. Javier Garcia de Moral. The social space are using hammers and nails. My goal is to give them power tools. Suzanne Smith. Caring about things gives life purpose. Kate Siemra. The words from Kate, some of the last in season one, were a great way to finish. Simple but not simplistic. How many of us fill our days with things that we really care about? How many of us have a purpose in life? Not just a sense of purpose because we keep ourselves busy, but an actual purpose. Kate's words continued to ring in my ears for weeks and months afterwards. I pondered what role purpose had in feeling alive and minimising regrets. Quite a large role as it turns out, but also not in a monolithic way. There are many levels of purpose that I saw from the guests on the podcast. As I read and reflected on purpose, I saw that it was a process, not a thing. A process of meaning making that happens continuously as we assimilate new ideas and experiences. I see meaning making defined in this way as being a cornerstone of spirituality. There's a lot more to say about this going forward in season two and in written form. The best way to stay in touch on this is to join the mailing list at www.tlcpod.com. A wonderful side effect of active listening rather than just waiting to talk is you pick up all sorts of beautiful and meaningful nuances in conversations with people that challenge your own mental model of the world and let you learn and grow. Course 7. Different Truths Okay, we've been going for a while now, but we finally reached the main course. I mentioned at the start that I expected that producing this rap episode might take a couple of weeks, but ended up taking months. Another reason was that I had a gut feeling that there were some deeper insights in or implied by what we talked about in the podcast, but just couldn't see them. One of these insights ended up being hidden in plain sight, that we see truths differently depending on where we sit, our life experience and how we think. The simplest example is from a question I didn't think to ask. What's important in life and how do you measure that? But it was implicit in what the guests talked about. The artists talked about originality, making people feel something, which is the truth for them. Entrepreneurs talked about financial success and growth. And those working in non-profits talked about social impact as being the real truth. Another example of different truths would come from the question of what is the foundation of your success? That's another question I didn't ask. Many of the guests shared a truth that hard work was the foundation of where they are now. Those guests working in the community also recognised luck around which zip code you were born into and to which parents as being a more fundamental factor in determining the likelihood of success. Most of us only see the good things we don't have rather than the good ones we do have that others don't. Our truths are limited by our own experience and have blind spots, even though we might have the impression that our knowledge is complete. That's why the question about Dallas as a city ended up being so insightful. And probably the funniest thing was about how few people knew there's a giant forest near downtown Dallas. Now, since then, I've taken my guest uh, Rollins Gilliland up on an offer to see the forest, and I can say for sure it's definitely there. It made me wonder what other metaphorical hidden forests we have in our lives that we're not aware of and haven't been to. My reading and experience took me deeper into what I'll call the simultaneous dualisms that exist in the world. 
left and right brain thinking, yin and yang, masculine and feminine energy, and even literary ones like Nietzsche's Apollo and Dionysus. We all have the capacity to think and be holistic, but our habits and lifestyle force us only to live in part of our full selves, but having the impression that that's all there is. A very practical example was the intuitive creative techniques described not only by the artists, but also by the entrepreneurs in the show. I think many of us are looking for creative opportunities in our life, but only using the analytical part of our brain to try and find them. Perhaps the biggest mind trick, a kind of convenient truth, is to believe that people were born into their current job or life situation, rather than knowing it's the result of many missteps and much dedication. For example, it wouldn't take much imagination to see me as a podcast host, but I wasn't this time last year. I wasn't five seconds before I pushed record for the first time. I never published a book or started a company or designed a website until I had. That's not to say I'm anything special, except I was able to muddle through, to change the objective truth by believing a new one. And you can too. Course 8, Beautiful Consciousness. After a ride at White Rock Lake in Dallas one morning, I was sitting at a gas station and eating a taco. I became aware of an intense sense of well-being, more than just the usual boost you get from working out. It seemed that by meditating on the insights from the podcast, the pieces of my own life were coming together in a beautiful way. In setting out to get a new perspective on life to benefit others, I recognised that my own life had improved immeasurably. Some of the guests, as I mentioned before, had become my collaborators, mentors and friends outside the podcast. This was something that took me very much by surprise when it happened since I was so focused on getting through the work of running the, the podcast to think about it. Meeting new and different people can instantly change the reality, the truths of your life. I realised that I'd changed. I felt a good energy inside. You've probably heard about the idea of flow, your peak experience when you're immersed in an activity and you lose track of time. This was like flow, but when I was just sitting around. I still have grumpy days, I still get angry or frustrated, but that frustration is more like a single flash of lightning on a clear day than the gathering of dark storm clouds. I'd set out on the podcast to explore what it meant to feel alive and minimise regrets. Like so many things in this past six months, I didn't expect that feeling alive might be sitting at a gas station, eating a taco with everything in life being as it should be. I decided on the spot to call this state beautiful consciousness and set out to investigate what caused it and how others could begin to experience this feeling for themselves. For now, beautiful consciousness is something to log away in your mind and we'll come back to it in season two and in other writings. I kind of want to understand the link between our feeling states and creativity and productivity. Do we have to be anxious and with a gun against our head in the form of a deadline to do our best work and to live our best life? Or can we get more out of life without the over-caffeinated rollercoaster ride? Stay tuned to find out. Course 9, Conclusion If there's one thing to take away from this episode, it's to see your life as a developmental journey of a fundamentally creative and spiritual nature. Now, thinking about your life in this way is a common thread to all of the insights I've talked about. We began with identity and reminded ourselves that we're more than our jobs and that identity can and should be fluid as life itself is flowing. Next, you heard about energy and uh, I think it's fair to say spiritual aspect of being a role model, recognising that you're always transmitting to others. Humility is the foundation of other virtues and often earned by taking some risks. Forgiveness might be a quick win to help drop the baggage that's holding you back from living your life to the full. 
We talked about creativity as a process and a mindset rather than just a flash of inspiration. Write down your dreams and ideas and give yourself permission to create personal projects. Convince your own mind that you're serious about making a living from a creative idea. Caring about things does give life purpose, and purpose is a continuous process, not a thing. That process is called meaning-making. Different truths exist in subjective reality, and we begin to uncover more fundamental truths by using holistic thinking and different types of energy and having different experiences to see in a more complete way. Finally, you heard that the payoff from working on life in a creative and spiritual way is a new normal state of being and becoming. That everything is as it should be, and your barriers are down to becoming your own true self. I call that state beautiful consciousness. Well, that was my attempt to wrap up what happened in Season 1. I hope you found something useful, and please take the time to listen deeply to the episodes in Season 1. They might just change your life. I've already begun to confirm guests for Season 2 and planning something special for the first new episode. I'll be sharing the intro episode for Season 2 next week. I want to once again thank all my guests and of course to thank you, the listeners. As I record this, the podcast is getting the most listens of any month ever, and now in 35 countries. And this is so, so humbling, particularly as we haven't been recording since October. Please continue to tell your friends about the podcast and sign up to the mailing list at www.tlcpod.com. That's www.tlcpod.com. If you've listened so far, you'll know that we're trying to do something special here. Something completely of the times we live in, but timeless. To try to advance humanity and make the cities we live in kinder, fairer and more sustainable. And we'll do that together. Until next time, all the best.